open, candid, honest clarity. Let's talk to the newsmakers and politicians and influencers, and let's ask them your questions. Let's be clear. Thanks for listening to the Let's Be Clear podcast. On today's episode, we're going to look back on our interview with Gina DeJesus, one of the girls that was held captive for nearly a decade in Cleveland and then finally escaped. This was kind of uh, a sharp right turn. We've dealt at that point with some politicians. We've dealt at that point with some people with some controversy. But there was really not a lot of controversy here. We were almost talking to someone that people just had a lot of fascination with. Yeah, it's funny. That was the word I was going to say also was fascination and and admiration. I mean, it really is a hopeful Absolutely. story. And that's so rare in news that you get something that is has a, has a good ending. And I think that's why it captured the attention of the nation. I wasn't in Cleveland when that happened, but I clearly remember when it happened as an outsider just following what was going on. Yeah, my concern going into this interview was – what kind of questions we were going to be getting. I was afraid that we were going to get people who were going to be inquiring about sort of the gory details of what went on in that Seymour Avenue house. But I was relieved to see that it was not even a lot of questions necessarily. It was just a lot of support, a lot of people vocalizing how brave Gina's been, you know, how much of an inspiration she's been through these years. It's been, uh, we just had the sixth year anniversary since those girls got out of that house. Um, But yeah, in terms of questions, I think a lot of people were just curious to see how Gina has readjusted to a normal life. I mean, she lost a decade of her of her life. So she had to, you know, make quite a jump and quite a transition to a new world when she got out of that house. And I think people were just really curious to see how she was handling that. This wasn't a case either where we could just pick up the phone and call Gina DeJesus. Like, you know, some of these interviews have been a a challenge to line up. And in this case, the broker in the deal was a family member of Gina's who is sort of shepherding her through this sort of uh, transition and adulthood. And they run a nonprofit organization. We never actually met Gina. It was all just a conversation with this family member. And so... Uh, the day that we did the interview was the first time that I think, Will, you met her. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. And the first time I met her. So there's this, as you imagine, Gina's got trust, you know, concerns with people. So we had to break the ice pretty quickly to get into a conversation with her. But my favorite part of this interview is she starts to warm up and she's enjoying it and she relaxes and she gets kind of happy. And she, I think at the end of it, felt like, yeah, that was that was good. You know, and that... That was a, you know, to do in 25 minutes, that's pretty amazing. I think it's a testament to you, Will, that you were able to put her at ease and get her to enjoy the the time. Yeah, it, it is interesting. She is a little standoffish and shy, which is perfectly acceptable and, and expected in the beginning. And by the end, you're right. She's kind of cracking jokes and laughing about it. So uh, a very interesting. We keep saying fascination. Her big word, though, was hope. Here is the Let's Be Clear interview with Gina DeJesus. Welcome into Let's Be Clear. We're back here for another day. Our special guest today is Gina DeJesus. Gina, thanks so much for joining us. We know about the center a little bit, but what's life like for you right now? Um, I do like whatever normal adult does, but like I'm trying to start a career. I'm um, an ambassador for Northeast Ohio Amber Alert, and I got my Cleveland Center going, so that's what I've been doing, focus on. We're in this neighborhood where your center is right up the street, but also the old property is right down the street. Why was it important for you to be here, to have your center this close? Well, that's a funny story. Um, (laughs) Rick contacted us um, after we launched our foundation in Columbus, and we, Sylvia was freaked out, and it was- You had to calm her down, right? Well, not really, but, like, she was still freaked out. She was like, are you sure? I was like, 
Yeah, I'm sure this is where it needs to be. Like, just to make sure, make this um, neighborhood like kind of not so sad and because of what happened. You want to give back to the neighborhood? Yeah. There's a lot of families that you know may give up. Your family never gave up. Your family stood there and said, no, she's out there and we're going to find her again. What do you say to a family that comes in that's maybe losing a little bit of hope? Well, we, we give them hope. We try to give them hope and comfort them and talk to them and to never give up hope like my parents did. I mean, you're a signal of hope to so many people and so many families out there. But I want to go back to one image that I think that I always think of when I think of Gina DeJesus. It's a thumbs up in the air. <laughs> Talk, talk me through that a little bit. I mean, did that just happen spur of the moment? What does it mean to you that know that so many people know you from this thumbs up? Well, as um, as I was coming from the hotel, like, we was driving down the street, and we was getting closer, and my dad was like, you don't have to take your hood off. You could either wave to them, put your thumbs up. So, like, as I'm, like, they got out the car and stuff, like, the crowd got loud, and then I took a moment, and I started crying. And then I got out, and then my sister grabbed me, and then I hurry up, threw my thumbs up, and then everybody just went crazy. What do you say to maybe a child that does escape as you did and maybe having trouble adjusting? Because I, I imagine there's probably an adjustment period. What do you say to that person? I say take take time day by day and and just relax and just go like everybody else does. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is that adjustment like? Because you were um, held captive for almost 10 years. When you were taken, there was no iPhone. Facebook oh, yeah. was just a college thing. I mean, there's a lot of things that people probably don't think about that. I mean, it was a whole new world. When, uh, what was that like, that adjustment period? Like, we're kind of relearning how the world worked in social media and the Internet. Well, when I came home, I didn't know how to work an iPhone. So I was like, I don't want this phone. I gave it to my sister, I gave it to my dad, I gave it to my niece, and then I just finally got the hang of working the iPhone, and then I slowly went into like Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat, learned all that. So now you're teaching your family probably how to use it. Yeah. They had to teach you the beginning, and now you're teaching them the intricacies of it. Yeah. I taught Sylvia, I taught my dad, my dad wanted a flip phone, and then he was always stealing my mom's phone to go on Facebook, so then I got my dad a fa um, iPhone and just went from there. What was it like seeing your family all of a sudden again after almost 10 years? I mean, they'd all probably obviously aged. I mean, how much catching up did you have to do? Um, I had a lot of catching up. Like, I had to learn how to be an adult, how to go pay bills, and how to work an iPhone, a computer, well, a laptop. And you did get to have one big like nine birthday blowout though, right? I did. I have so uh, when I turned twenty four they had this big party at Lander Haven and they tried to surprise me but I already knew I was having a party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bo wants to know if you still stay in touch with Michelle and Amanda. Um I stay in touch with Amanda sometimes like because we're so busy but not so much Michelle so yeah here's one and, and I'm gonna kind of elaborate on this a little bit uh, Barry wants to know how many people still recognize you on the streets is it hard so you were kind of basically given a fame you didn't choose you didn't want this fame do you go to the grocery store do people still come up to you and say hey Gina and do you like that or is would you rather just 
I don't want the attention. Uh, I get that all the time. Yeah. Like when I go to Walmart or or Walgreens, anywhere I go, they come up to me. Sometimes people are like, "Hey, I know you," and I'm like, "You do?" And then they just like, "Yeah, ain't you Gina?" I said, "No, I'm not. I'm not Gina." <laughs> Did you, did you ever think about moving away from Cleveland, or was that never an option for you? I did move from Cleveland, yeah. I mean, the, the area, though. Did you think about, like, going to California or something like that, or? No. No. I didn't want to leave Cleveland, but, like, I did move from 71st. Yeah. But this area is home to you. Yeah. Do you feel like you're constantly trying to make up for lost time? Are you okay to just relax on the couch and be like, this is just what I want to be doing. I don't need to go skydiving. I would love to go skydiving. You would love to go skydiving. Yeah. So you do want to make up for lost time. I do want to, I want to. I feel like if I do skydiving, I'm going to feel alive. I don't know. Like bungee jumping, skydiving, yeah. Yeah. The day you guys actually were able to escape, did you discuss this? Did you even know what was happening? Was it a spontaneous? Did you even know Amanda was out? Or how did that all play out? Um. Well, I guess... Um, I call him him, or the village idiot. But, but uh, I guess he he was downstairs, and then he uh, I don't know. Normally he locks the doors, but he didn't. I guess he went to his mom's house, and like uh, I kind of heard like <clears throat> I can't find him. He's not downstairs. So like I was like. Oh, I can like try, but then I didn't want. I stopped myself because I was like, "What if it's a trick?" So I just stood there, like stayed in my room, just continued on watching TV, and then I kind of heard like a booming noise downstairs, and I'm like, "I don't know what that is, but that scared me." So like I just sat there, continued watching TV, and then I heard like some footsteps coming up, and I was like. Oh no, he's coming for us. And then they said cops. And then um, Michelle, she she slams open the door and runs out to the cops. And then I'm like inching my head out. Like these are men with costumes. Like I still didn't believe them. I was like, what kind of joke is this? Give me the wave of emotion when you finally did realize these are cops, these are good guys, I'm out. Well, I knew there were cops, like, afterwards, like, I was like, I kept saying, can I put my hood over my head? Like, I don't want nobody to see me when we leave this house. And then when we got into the ambulance, they just wanted to talk and talk. I was like, well, can you take me to my parents? And they just wanted to talk and talk and talk, and I was like, I don't want to go to my parents. And then finally took us to the hospital, and then I was, everybody was in my room. Did you get justice, or do you, I mean, he went to prison, but then quickly committed suicide. Is that justice or do you wish he was still behind bars alive? I wish he was alive behind bars. Yeah. yeah. Crystal wants to know what you like to do now. What are your hobbies? Um, I like to hang out with my family and sometimes I like to go to my friend's house so we could go to the mall and shop and I like to watch Vampire Diary over and over again because <laughs> I never get tired of that. Jamie wants to know what your favorite food is. Pizza. Pizza? But not so perfect night for you. Pizza, vampire diaries, your soul. Yeah. Okay. I feel like you would get along with my wife very well. <laughs> Fun that the Clevelanders helped to set up. What did that mean to you? That there was uh, at least something, you know, when you got done to kind of help you reacclimate to, to society and day-to-day -day life? 
I didn't even know they were setting that up. But like after a while, my mom come in. She was like, people are nice. They're donating so much money. And I was like, for me, I was like, they are nice people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's probably why you continue to call Cleveland home uh, all this time. Megan wants to know, are you over the whole situation or are you still angered by it? Like mad? Yeah. Are you able to compartmentalize and put it away and, and move on or does it still anger you when you think, uh, how often do you think about it? Um, I don't think of it at all and I'm not angry with the situation. Like I'm actually moved on, like put it behind me, but still able to talk about it and to help others. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel safe right now, or are you someone that feels like you're kind of always looking over your shoulder when you go out to the grocery store, or is it is it kind of hard to kind of get over maybe a, a little bit? Of, is there fear that's there? No, but like sometimes when I do walk, I do look back because I don't trust nobody. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't think you don't trust would anybody. You. Absolutely. Not even here, Cleveland, Florida, anywhere. Do you know why people find this so fascinating, or are you just kind of like I, I don't get it? No, I never even thought of it either. Well, that's not true because I used to always tell my sister, why is people so fascinated by this? Like, why do they always want to know? And they always ask me the same questions. Yeah. Yes. So all the questions I'm asking, you've heard before at some yeah. point. Well, yours is like newer questions. Like, I'm talking about questions before, like when I first came home. Justina wants to know if you plan on ever starting a family someday. No, <laughs> no, I don't want kids. You just want your pizza, your vampire diaries, and yes. you're good to go. Yeah. Uh, are you dating anyone? No. No, okay. We got one more question here. Parker wants to know how it's been to hold a relationship. Is it difficult to, to um, date someone? or? I have dated someone, but it's not that difficult to date somebody if you just <clears throat> can trust a little bit and and be like a normal person. Yeah. So it's not that hard, but I like the single life. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people would agree with you. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your office now. Uh, give me a day-to-day -day life uh, when you go into your office here, the Cleveland Center for Missing, Abducted, Exploited Children and Adults. What is a day-to-day -day life like that when you go in? Um, well, I'm, we get up and then we go to the, the office and we sit there and we discuss like the interviews and what's coming up next and we drink tons of coffee so we can stay up. If somebody is maybe has a, a child that's missing right now, where can they find you, contact you? How, how can they get your help? Clevelandmissing.com. What would you say to someone maybe watching that, that is barely hanging on to hope right now? I would say contact us. Gina, thank you so much. I really appreciate you sitting down with me today. And we thank you for your questions and thank you for being a part of Let's Be Clear. So one thing that's always tricky with Let's Be Clear is, as we like to call it, the bubble truck. Someone said, oh, yeah, you guys are the ones with the bubble truck. It's, it's a curiosity. It's kind of a weird thing. And it's big and it doesn't fit everywhere. So when we were going to do a Gina DeJesus interview... We started talking about, do we do it with a City of Cleveland skyline backdrop? Do we actually go to where the house used to stand on Seymour? Like, where do we go? We had, I think, a couple of meetings here in the newsroom about 
where do we put the truck? And people had very strong opinions about that. I was one of them. I did not want to take the truck to the old house. To me, the optics are not good there. And even if she would have agreed or, as we found out, almost kind of wanted that to be the location sitting next to her, I don't want to be the person that people think brought her back to that location. Well, it could have dominated the questions. Like, how horrible of you to make her relive this. I mean, you could have, Stephanie, you probably could have seen them just skewering us during the interview, possibly. Yeah, that was a conversation that I even had with our digital director here before that interview when we learned where the location was going to be or when, you know, we thought it was going to be right where the house was. Um, We both kind of said, not sure that's a great idea because, you know, people already get a little bit dicey in those comments, but if they see that we took her back there and they don't necessarily realize that it might have she might have agreed to it um things could have gone south pretty bad i think it was you asked her the question saying gina you you said it actually has to be here which was a conversation that her family member told us that that gina was was okay with it she understood why it should be there and in the end so now to explain all this we were on the street up the street in a church parking lot in the neighborhood which which does make sense. It wasn't too in your face. And I think th- I think it actually worked for Gina to well, do it there. And for her, her center to help people that are missing exactly. and exploited is right up the street. And that's a part, of, I, I, I think, of who she is, is she says, okay, something terrible happened to me here. I want to make something good happen here in the same neighborhood, the same people. When we yeah. asked her about, you know, having the center, why is it here? She said, well, it, it had to be here. Very empowering, I think, for her to kind of take that back and be like, I'm doing good here. And and we didn't bring the cameras, but after we did the interview, they did walk us up the street to this warehouse area where they're building some space. And you can see how they're going to move forward with their organization. That's moving forward. We're talking about moving back. We're going to go back into politics on the next episode where we sit down with Governor Mike DeWine. We thank you for listening to the Let's Be Clear podcast.